Welcome in to the In the Money podcast for KeelanSelect.com for Saturday, November 4th, Breeders' Cup Day at Santa Anita. This will be our longest podcast of the year with so many races to go through. We always take a look at the um, late pick four, so that's going to be races six, seven, eight, and nine on our podcast here. But we're going to talk about every one of the Breeders' Cup races. Tom Leach here along with Jim Goodman, Keelan's Director of Wagering Development. Jim will jump in in the dirt mile, race three, defending champion Cody's Wish is back. How do you see it? Well, there's a couple of defections. Of course, practical movie we just heard um, uh, passed away, sadly, on the, on the track on uh, on Tuesday. And um, and then Algiers is scratched out there, too, and the trainer scratched him. So it's down to a seven-horse field. Cody's Wish is the best horse in a race. I'm just not sure he's going to get that contested pace. To race on, to race at. Uh, Skippy Longstocking showed some speed last time out at Charlestown, but that I don't know if that really translates to a, a real racetrack or not. Charlestown's a bull ring, so he just led him all the way around. He was so much better than anybody else in the Charlestown Classic. I think Zozos for Brad Cox has a shot in here at six to one, uh, coming off a win in the ACAC. Uh, big move up in class. The horse was on the Derby Trail last year and. Didn't do very well in Derby, and then they dropped him down an optional claimer uh, by December. But he's gotten his uh, game back, and he's had three 100 buyers with a 99 in the ACAC. He may just get an easy lead in this race. And if he does, Cody's Wish might have a hard time running him down. Uh, everybody's going to be pulling for Cody's Wish. And with practical move out of the race, he's going to be a huge favorite, probably shorter than his morning line of 9 to 5. I'll be pulling for Cody's Wish, but I'll be playing an exacta with Zozos. I'm looking at it uh, in a similar fashion. I loved Practical Move. It was uh, so sad um, for the connections uh, to uh, hear that they had lost him in uh, such a you know, sad and, and dramatic fashion. So um, that makes Cody's Wish, as you said, just a very, very likely uh, short-priced favorite. I'm not sure if he's as good as he was this time a year ago. We'll see. He um, certainly will, will carry everybody's you know, best wishes for success because of the, the story that was so wonderfully told by NBC last year. I think Zozos is uh, definitely a contender. I ended up taking a different horse on top, just kind of taking a stab with Stage Raider. Uh, you and I are both uh, big fans of Cherie DeVoe, the trainer, who uh, used to work for Chad Brown and got this horse from her former boss uh, earlier this year and has improved him from what he was doing. He really struggled early this spring for, for Chad. The one thing I, I thought, I went back and looked at this horse's past performance block, and his very best race was a two-turn mile and an eighth last year. And most of his career, he's run around one turn. So, you know, inside draw at a two-turn, one mile, maybe, and he's in good form, improving form right now. So I think third off, off the layoff since moving in, to DeVos Barn. So I'm going to take a shot with Stage Raider and use Cody's Wish and Zozos and probably a three-horse exacta box. And uh, if you're playing multi-race wagers, I'd, uh, I'd use all three of those. The uh, fourth race, which kicks off a pick four, as well as an all-turf pick three, is the Philly and Mare turf. They'll go a mile and a quarter at Santa Anita. I ended up on Inspiral. And I went back and forth between her and Warm Heart and Inspiral comes off a race in which she posted a 124 time form rating. The uh, question is the distance, she meant mainly a miler, and they were also planning to run 
on Champions Day a couple of weeks ago, and then the weather was so bad and the course, course conditions were so bad, they redirected to Santa Anita. But John Gosden's the trainer, and he spent a lot of time training at Santa Anita, so he knows what it takes to win there. And so that gives me confidence that uh, she'll have a big shot. So I took her over warm heart from the Aiden O'Brien barn, who uh, from all accounts has been pointing to this race, uh, warm heart we're talking about. And this one's cutting back from longer races. Uh, I think a European wins this. I'm going to throw in Lumiere Rock. Uh, Big improvement in uh, her last two races. Win Maryland's a Japanese invader. You can take a look at it here. She's kept top class company. If you want to look at one of the Americans, the horse that ran second in the QE2, Lindy. I talked to Kyler Gaffleone, and his face just lit up when I asked about how the horse was training, and uh, his confidence was validated with how the horse ran, nearly uh, caught Maude, who was the big favorite in the QE2 at Keeneland. So maybe uh, Lindy could make a, a run at it at this mile and a quarter. She ought to like uh, getting even more distance because she seemed to improve going to the mile and an eighth last time. And she's a three-year-old, so there might be a lot of upside left. But in spirals on top for me over Warm Heart. How about you? I took those two. I thought Warm Heart, because of the cutback in distance, was going to be more fit. Install has never run a mile. It looks like never has run past a mile. And that's asking a lot. I mean, shipping over here from Great Britain, new surroundings, um, firmer turf than she's used to, um, stretching out from a mile to a mile and a quarter, and I think all those reasons, to me, point to Warm Heart. Warm Heart won the uh, pre-vermeil at Longchamp on uh, Art Day. Uh, that's a Group 1. Uh, won it by neck. Uh, second straight win in a Group 1. And had 114 time for him. Not quite as good as in Spiral, but, again, in Spiral, it's question mark because of the distance. Those two are the top two for me. Uh, I love Didia. I've loved uh, her ever since... Uh, we had a tip on her back, and I guess was at Colonial, <clears throat> and she's reeled off five out of six race wins, and almost won the New York at Belmont. Only got to be three quarters late by market segmentation. I just think she's a cut below here. She's never run over a ninety-five buyer. That's probably not going to be good enough to win. But uh, I'm going to keep her underneath in a couple of tries, possibly, hoping she gets a piece of it. Sales Rover is the one that also intrigues me, coming off the EP Taylor win. Uh, she won that by two and a quarter over with the Moonlight and Moira, who are also in this field. So uh, you make a good case on Aunt Lindy. I was very impressed with her run at the QE2. Wide open race, I think. I, wide open for second and third. <clears throat> I think Warm Heart, probably his favorite in Spiral, I think is questioned because of the distance. Um, interesting um, side note about this race. This is the first Breeders' Cup I can remember where there is no American-bred horse in the race. There is a Canadian horse. Everything else is overseas. Moira is Canadian bred. There is no U.S. bred horse in this race. How about that? Uh, let's go to the Philly and Mare Sprint, seven furlongs. This kicks off a pick four as well as an all-dirt pick four. And I kind of thought this was a two-horse race. How would you see it? I think good night out of it. shouldn't be six to five, I don't think. Um she, had, she didn't win the ballerina. She got nailed by Echo Zulu, and Echo Zulu, unfortunately, had, had an accident and is not racing. Uh, she'd be an overwhelming favorite in here. Um, Good Night Olive is, is probably going to be a favorite. The two horses that I thought had a shot at her, uh, Matarea, uh, which probably isn't your second choice, but you're probably going with Society as a second choice. But I just think Matarea has danced a lot of dances uh, against a lot of nice fillies and mares, and 
she comes in this race off that ballerina where she didn't run that well behind Gunayalas, but she's been off for a couple months, uh, runs well fresh, and she beat Gunayalas at Churchill on Derby Day, so or on uh, Oaks Day. So Matarea is is my second choice here behind Gunayalas. I think Society uh, is the logical second choice, but she just hasn't raced well in Grade One company. Uh, except for the cotillion at parks. So that racetrack is so weird, but that, and sometimes horses run well there and don't carry it somewhere else. Uh, she's obviously won it out of Spark and Charlestown was uh, too good for those horses the last couple. But in the Lottery Inn at Churchill, she did not fire, and she did not fire in the Madison in, in the spring at Keeneland. So I think society is probably not quite as good as Goodnight Olive. Um and I certainly would take 5-2 on her. So good night, Olive, for me, over Monterey. And uh, for me, I, I think it's a coin flip for me between Society and Goodnight, Olive. Uh, I took Society, just always kind of feel obligated if I'm close between two to take the higher price. So um, probably should take Goodnight, Olive. But I took Society uh, just on the big improvement in the last two. Maybe she's not the same filly who lost a Goodnight, uh-huh. Olive back in April at Keeneland. Um, Gaffleone's riding this one, and he's four out of five on her back. And I like that she has trained well there. Asmussen took his horses out to uh, Santa Anita early to get familiar with the track. So I like that angle for society. But uh, Goodnight Olive will take a lot of beating. She's trying to do what Groupie Doll did, win this race back-to-back. Nobody else has done that. And uh, doesn't have a great post draw down there in the one hole. But otherwise, I can't find much to knock on Goodnight Olive. So... She probably wins it, but uh, I did take society, and I'll use both of those if any any multi-race wagers I use. Uh, let's go to the sixth race, which kicks off a pick four. Uh, it's the mile, the Breeders' Cup mile, one mile on the turf. I didn't see – I don't think there's any modern games in there uh, this year, like the horse that was so impressive in winning at Keeneland last year in this race. So I think this race is, is wide open, and I found myself going back and forth with a number of – different options, and I finally ended up on a horse I would have never thought I ended up on when it started, and that's Casa Creed, who just has a great draw. Uh, I think the the um, they've been staying off the inside part of that turf course for a while now at Santa Anita, so it's going to be uh, pristine turf down there. So Casa Creed comes in fresh. I like that. Uh, horse uh, last year, they've, they've it never seemed to fit anywhere. Mile, it seemed like they felt was a little too long and the sprint was a little too short. But I think at Santa Anita, um, this mile might play more like seven furlongs. And uh, I think that uh, Casa Creed could find the conditions ideal. And I, and I like the fact that the, unlike last year or the year before, they're bringing them in fresh for the Breeders' Cup. So I'm going to take a, a shaky stab with Casa Creed. I'm going to use Kalina who is a one-mile specialist and has steadily improved on his uh, on the time form numbers. Uh, Maj, the filly who won here at Keeneland very impressively, uh, beat uh, Tahira back in the spring. So, uh, you know, she's certainly a, a strong contender in here for the Godolphin stable. Uh, Songline from Japan is five for nine and a mile. She's kept top-class company for a long time. I think the uh, fillies in, in here are really dangerous. Gina Romantica, another one, uh, 105 in the first lady at Keeneland and uh, they didn't stretch her out to a mile and a quarter and run in the Philly and Mare turf where her stablemate in Italian is going and Gina Romantica. It could be that she's just better at Keeneland, but if that number from last time is legit transferable, then 
She's a major player. And then the other one I put on here was more than looks off that 101 buyer for Cherie DeVoe in the Jefferson Cup. This is a big step up in class, but uh, that one looks awfully good right now. So I just see this as a wide, wide open race. Where did you land? Well, I landed on a horse you didn't mention, uh, Master of the Seas. Yeah, that's I threw him because of the post, but uh, he's <laughs> yeah. very good. Charlie Appleby um, has not had the year that he had a couple years ago, but he's still seven for 21 over here, which isn't too shabby. Uh, the horse almost beat up to the mark at, at Keeneland. It was just down to a head bob and ran really well, I thought, uh, coming off of a, a, a win in the Woodbine Mile about three and three-quarters leaps. So in great form, 125 time form in the last race at Ascot. Uh, matches up well with these horses. Uh, I, I, the post is going to hurt him. and I, There's been some uh, chatter on, on social media about they made the post the uh, morning line before they drew the post, and maybe 7-2 is probably not a realistic number for him, but I just think he's that good. Um, I'm going to use song line for Japan, uh, totally unknown. I've been trying to go back and watch the races, but uh, I haven't been able to. Uh, obviously, the horse, uh, she's 7-16, she won $6 billion with three Group 1 wins, so nothing wrong with her at all. Uh, Kalina, for is the mile specialist you mentioned, uh, three for eight lifetime coming out of Longchamp, where she won a mile, ra- a seven furlong race. And then I'm also going to use, I'm not using Casa Creed. I may regret that because uh, uh, he's one of my favorite older horses. I'm going to use Maj, the QE2 winner, coming out of that QE2 and cutting back in distance to a mile. But obviously, uh, she was a question mark at that distance in the QE2. What any problem? She just, she was contested the whole way down the stretch, and she was cut off Lindy. So I think she's got a good shot in here. Uh, that's about as far as I'm going to go in here. I'm going to use four horses and pick four. But, uh, you know, master of the seas, my pick here. Next race is the seventh, the Breeders' Cup Distaff, mile and an eighth on the main track. The spinster has historically, from the very first year when Princess Rooney romped in this race at Santa Anita, I believe, um, no, I think it was in Hollywood. Anyway, um, Princess Rooney won out of the spinster the very first year. I think there's a great chance the spinster is going to produce the winner. And I'm going to take a big swing here at La Davida at 20 to 1. Uh, she had no chance in the spinster with Idiomatic on a loose lead and La Davida last in a slow pace. And yet it was, I think, a great prep. She gallop out, galloped out uh, past Idiomatic on the turn. She's four. Uh, she's two, one, and one at a mile and an eighth in four starts. Uh, so I'm going to take a uh, long shot play there. But Idiomatic is most definitely the one to beat. And even though she's had soft trips on the front end in her last two, she's shown that she can pass horses in the past. So I think uh, other, she'll probably get beaten to the lead this time, but I don't think that's a big deal. She's seven of eight this year. I think she's the certainly the one to beat. If I went deeper, it'd be Clary Ayers. She's training great. She's kind of coming into this race similar fashion as she did last year when she nearly won at Keeneland. I'm not a big fan of the three-year-olds in this uh, class, but uh, I'm going to throw in wet paint. Just I think it's going to be a fast pace, and wet paint will benefit from that. And She hadn't always gotten the best setups this year. But uh, take a big upset swing here with La Davida over Idiomatic. How about you? I'm using her. I, I don't know if she's good enough to win. I certainly think she's good enough to get a piece of it. Uh, Idiomatic is my pick here. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm like you. She's, 
shown the ability to come from off the pace, and she may not be able to get the lead here as easily as she got it at Keeneland. If she does, it's over. Uh, I think you could have shut the door on that race. Uh, when she gets out 48-1 for the half and was running so easily, and she just stretched it out, there was never any doubt she was going to win that race. And you're right that Lena Vita never had a shot. And she ran well to, to, to finish second, but she still got beat by four and a quarter. So if Idiomatic can clear from Adair Manor, who's right to her outside, Adair Manor's probably quicker out you know, at Santa Anita. I don't think it matters to Idiomatic. She can sit right off her and, and, uh, and be in great shape. I do think there is a chance that the pace will be hotter than it was in the spinster. And if it is hotter, it sets up for, and you're, you know, you're dissing the three-year-olds, and I, I agree that they're not that great, but I think it sets up perfectly if Idiomatic and Adair Manor go out and cook each other, and even search results. Uh, pretty mischievous is intriguing to me here. Uh, she is a dead closer on a track that usually uh, favors speed, but she got up in the Kentucky Oaks, she got up in the Acorn, she got up in the Test. That's three pretty darn good races at different distances, a mile and eighth, mile sixteenth, seven furlongs. And she won all three of them by a head or a neck. Uh, she didn't have quite the good trip in the Cotillion, um, but she almost get, she almost got there there. So she could be four for four the last four grade ones. I think she fits well here. Uh, I think if Idiomatic doesn't run her race and maybe does get cooked in a in a speed duel, I think Pretty Mischievous is is my long shot in here that's got a shot to win it at 8-1. But I'm going to use search results, uh, Darren Manor and Leta Vita, I think five deep in the pick four. Race eight is the Breeders' Cup turf at a mile and a half. It starts a pick four for the final four Breeders' Cup races. And this is going to be a, a matchup of some Top-class Europeans, Jim. Did you land on one of those? I did. Auguste Rodin is probably my pick in here. I was torn between uh, him and Mustard Uh You can make cases for both of them. Um, they run well in Ireland and in Great Britain against top-flight company. Um, Mustard has won two Group 1s in a row with a 129 and 128 time for him. And Auguste Rodin... Uh, won the Irish Championship at a mile and a quarter with a 124 time for him. So I, I guess we're done just because he was so impressive in that last race. But I could I could take Muscat off just as easily. Those two, you flip a coin. Uh, I'm going to use one American horse. If I like uh, Master of the Seas in, in the previous turf race, i got to like up to the mark here. Uh, up to the mark was coming off a uh, four-month layoff, and... He was the second choice there. It looked like Master of the Seas got most of the money. But uh, up to Mark, ran down at the wire. Uh, set them up very well for this race. A little surprised they took him to this race rather than a mile. But Todd Pletcher must be thinking he's doing well and he, don't have, he doesn't have any problem getting that mile and a half. So I'm going to take the two obvious Europeans, throw in up to the mark just because uh, I think he's got a shot. If one of those doesn't fire, take it in the mix. Um, but I could also be talked to you just using those two here in the pick four. I ended up on King of Steel, the three-year-old in here, on Champions Day, came from dead last to get the win on a day when nothing but front runners were winning. I think one horse maybe came from 
was on the lead, got passed, and came back to win. And otherwise, it was all front runners in those boggy conditions. Um, and he came from dead last. And I uh, thought that was particularly impressive given the circumstances of the day. Now, he's a three-year-old shipping all the way across country on just a, a couple of weeks' rest to try to take on some of the, the top older marathoners in the world. So it is um, a big ask. But uh, I'm going to try King of Steel. I've just been impressed with this one. So I went back at Ascot in the summer very impressively. Uh, have August Rodin second. He's two for three at a mile and a half. Uh, Mostadef, uh, ironically, uh, is 0 for 4 at the distance, but I think um, he'll be okay at the distance. It just was kind of interesting that uh, he had that record in the racing form. And then the other one I'm going to use, uh, or would consider using, I think I'm actually not going to put this one on my ticket for budgetary reasons, but it's the one uh, Shahara from, uh, or Shahayar from Japan. Uh, if you go back to last fall, you'll see a 125 time form rating in the Japan Cup. A number like that, a performance like that, would give this one a shot. So might want to think about that one too. But I'm going to use uh, King of Steel, August Rodin, most enough uh, when we get to our pick four. Uh, next is the ninth race. It's the Classic at a mile and a quarter. And it starts a uh, late pick four, I think the last one of the day. And I just really don't have a strong opinion on this race. Uh, Archangelo is, is out because of a minor injury, but so he's out the Belmont stakes Travers winner. So how did you see it? Oh, you want me to tell you mine first. Okay. <laughs> maybe, I'll, you maybe you'll me, give me some, you, some uh, wisdom. Insight. Well, I've got a couple of uh, question marks here. If you had told me why the barrio was going to be four to one in the breeders cup, back in March when he was running an optional $62,000 race at Gulfstream just to get back on track after just flopping terribly in the uh, Pegasus, I would have thought you were crazy. But he's come back, ran the Met Mile, was competitive, but Cody's Wish is a better miler than he is. But White Barrio in the Whitney just blew them off their feet and beat Vanden, who's in this field, beat Cody's Wish, uh, training lights out, Everybody really likes this. Might be the wise guy horse in the Breeders' Cup Classic, but uh, I think he's got a big shot. I think he's uh, he's coming into the race very well, and uh, never has raced to Santa Anita. Most of these haven't, but um, I'm going to use him on top. I'm going to use um, the Japanese horse Ushba Tesoro. Uh, the horse has won 9.5 million dollars with 10 wins. And again, he's an unknown quantity, but he won. He, I did see him win the Dubai World Cup by two and three quarters, and there was nothing wrong with that performance at all. If he transfers his form over here, he's going to be tough to handle this race because we have not thrown the best dirt horses at this race. I, uh, you know, they've gone by the by the wayside for whatever reason. I hate to see Archangelo go out because I thought he was going to be the favorite in here. I'm going to take a swing here using Saudi Crown. The horse ran so well in the Pennsylvania Derby, and I know that track. I just got through saying it was it's a strange track. Some horses like it, some some don't. But he ran so well in Jim Dandy, almost beat Forte that day. Um, hung on for second, only got beat a nose. Uh, has three straight buyers, 105, 106. Uh, the distance is, I don't think it's going to be a problem. He's been a mile and eight the last two races. I thought he was going to be a sprinter, but he's got, Tremendous speed, and he's he's probably going to be on the lead here. 
And, you know, I don't see anybody else outside of Bright Future that can run with him. So I think Saudi Crown's got a shot. Uh, and, of course, the Arabian Knight can run with him. And that's my other horse I'm going to use. I just don't think this horse, no horse has ever won the Classic with four lifetime starts. And I can't imagine this horse is good enough to do it either. But Baffert has proved me wrong in the past. It's just, to me, it's a wide open race, and, and Sally Crown is probably at 12 to 1, as good a shot as any. But the Japanese horse scares me. Yeah, I'm, I could be talked into a lot of different uh, options. I finally ended up on White Abario. I gone back and looked at that performance in the Whitney, and it was just so scintillating. A 110 buyer figure, and the way he exploded away from the field that day, I don't have a strong opinion clearly on this race. And so I just going to go with the horse with the highest buyer and the most visually impressive performance. I wonder about the possible regression at a mile and a quarter, but otherwise I can't find any holes to poke in this one. So quite a barrio over Arabian night. I think Baffert is very dangerous with uh, an outstanding speed horse that has the talent of this one. But maybe his best days are going to be as a four-year-old. He's only had four starts, and a 101 uh, buyer figure is the best that he's done so far, and he's going to get hooked by Saudi Crown early in here. So I started to go to Arabian Night, and I've ended up back on White Abario. Uh, Proxy is a horse that I threw into the mix. He's going to get a good chance he gets a really good pace. The other thing I like, like Vino Rosso a few years ago, he shipped out earlier in the year to Santa Anita. And he ran in the big cap, had a troubled trip, and nearly won at a mile and a quarter on this track. So I think that's usually indication that the, they're thinking classic and they know where it's going to be run. It was a chance to get a race over the track at the classic distance to see if they wanted to you know, point that way. And uh, Rosario's a great finisher. And if we do get a fast pace, this uh, that could give this horse a, a, a big shot in a wide-open race. And I'm going to throw one more out there. And, uh, uh, the Japanese horse, is you make a great point uh, on him. I actually uh, had him on top at one point this week and going through my analysis. Um, but I'm going to throw a fourth horse in there, Dreamlike, who was a maiden when he almost won the Wood Memorial. Uh, after that, they gave him a break, and he came back and won a broke his maiden impressively and got beat as a favorite the next time. But last time out, he Saudi Crown had kind of like uh, idiomatic in the spinster, had everything his own way, Saudi Crown, and Dreamlike nearly beat him in the uh, race at Parks and got a 104 buyer and just uh, visually very impressive. And it's Todd Pletcher, and he's – making a, a bold move with this horse. So uh, I'm going to throw him on the ticket. Just it would blow up the uh, the ticket if I could be alive to him, him being one of the ones I'm alive to, and he'd get home. Uh, wouldn't be our Kong, but uh, it'll be a big price. So I'm going to throw him on my ticket as well. But as you can tell, I don't really have a very strong opinion. I ended up with Arabian Knight at the top of the, the ticket. So uh, we'll come back and do a pick four on the pick four that ends with the classic. But we have a couple of more Breeders' Cup races to look at, Jim. Turf Sprint is first up. It's not down the hill anymore at Santa Anita. This one's five furlongs, which is an interesting change. And so with that in mind, I took Live in the Dream on top, who 
They shipped into Keeneland to get a prep. It was at five and a half, and it was down on the inside, and that's not always the best place to be. Went 20-4, and 43-4. And, and if he can run those kind of numbers on firmer turf than he got at Keeneland, they may not catch him. So I took living the dream on top. Uh, big invasion. Rosario's excellent in a lot of categories, but especially turf sprints. This horse had a nice prep win at Woodbine, so, uh, and he should get a good trip from the inside. So big invasion. Uh, roses for Deborah. If you throw out the last race in those boggy conditions at Parks, then uh, the horse and focus on the 102 buyer figure in the win at Saratoga. Roses for Deborah has a big shot. Uh, Gear Jockey's a horse I've always liked. Uh, picked him, I think, at, uh, in the mix at Kentucky Downs when he won last time. Paid 49 bucks, And this is too short for him to be at his best. But with living the dream, uh, you know, if anybody tries to hook him, then it's going to l- – you know, be a lightning fast pace. If they, if they don't, then I think he might go wire to wire. It's kind of what I'm picking. But if we get a lightning fast pace, gear jockey's back in top form. I don't want him to beat me, so I'll have him on a ticket somewhere. And then Motorious, don't like the post out there on the outside, but uh, it's D'Amato and it's Pratt with a good record at Santa Anita, so I'm going to include that one on uh, tickets as well. How'd you see the turf sprint? Yeah, I guess you're off Caravel then, right? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking that I would uh, be <laughs> – Using her in the mix at uh, either possibly even for the win when I, you know, was thinking about this race and as I started to look at it, I, I'm skeptical that she's as at her best right now. Um, but she's gonna get the firmer turf she likes, and that could be the ticket. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I, I I picked her because I thought she didn't like the turf at Keeneland. Um, well, a few times we had good turf during the during the fall meet, and uh, unfortunately cost me a pick four that I had an 88 to one shot going into that race. If you remember, um, I went all single Caravelle and single the last leg. So, um, she owes me money. Tony Ann beat her. I just think that was a freak accident at King out of Caravelle hated the, the track and just was just not herself. And I think she bounces back in a big way here. I think she's, uh, uh, the five furlongs, you know, maybe just a little shorter. She'd probably be better at five and a half. I just think she's got the right running style. I think there's going to be a nice pace up front for her to, to run at, and Tyler's going to have her a little bit closer than he had her at Keeneland. I'm going to use uh, – you also didn't mention no balls, and I think Larry Ravelli have a big shot with this horse. Uh, one at Churchill on Derby Day with her sprint and uh, has, has backed it up with 99, 98, 99 buyers. He got really, really good in a hurry. And uh, they're going to take a shot with him out here. Big step up in class. Uh, but I, I think he's got a shot with Corrales riding through the valley. I'm going to use Roses for Deborah. I think you just draw lines of that last race. And you're going to get a really good price on her because of that. But that was a parks, boggy, turf course that she certainly didn't like. And that's Spartan Fancy back at Saratoga on a, just a slightly off turf course with a 102 buyer fits here. And I ran Pete Spitz to ride her back. And also use Vittorious, the horse that you use for Dubato, uh with Flavia and Pratt. Uh, very good at this distance and at this racetrack. So this one is going to decide probably uh, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge because the last race is going to have a couple of strong favorites. But this one, to me, is wide open and a big opportunity to hit a big score. Eleventh race is the sprint, and it's uh, six furlongs. And... I'm like you. I, I think this is a, a chalky race to finish with. How'd you see it? Uh, I think it's a two-horse race. 
and I'm 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 not going to use the West Coast horses. I'm going to use Elite Power and Gunite. And I think Elite Power could turn the tables on Gunite. Uh, the forego it was a, it was a nice race, and uh, I think Elite Power was a little bit over the top, but has rested since then. He won, runs well fresh. He got that 108 buyer in the Vanderbilt uh, at just six furlong distance. And I just think, I think of those two, eight, nine, exact the box is how I'm going to play it. Uh, you can make a case for Dr. Shivel, who almost won at Santa Anita uh, in the uh, in the Breeders' Cup sprint back in 21 when uh, Aloha West came from out of the clouds to beat him. Tough beat for him then, but he's, he's got a big shot. I think Speedboat Beach for Bathurst, um, who, who ran right behind Dr. Shivel last time out at Santa Anita on a wet, fast track. Uh, I don't know how much the track helped him, but obviously he got really good. His first time race, first race in nine months. Um, the Chosen Bond is on a long win streak, uh, but eight, eight races in a row, but they're all listed stakes until the Bing Crosby when he uh, ran down a, um, uh, a couple of decent horses, including Dr. Shivel. I just think the Chosen Bond is probably not quite the price that Elite Power and Gunite are. So, Eight not exact the box for me. I end up with Speedboat Beach on top of those other two. Uh, I love the uh, prep off the long layoff for for Baffert, and now he goes to Mike Smith to ride this horse, and I think he's an ideal fit for a speed horse like this. So I'm going to take Speedboat Beach to go to the front and never look back. And I think in the race, I'll just single or not single, but uh, key him in exactas with Gunite and Elite Power, and. Um, if I can, I think I'll get a little better price if Speedboat Beach can split those two in the exacta. But I think those three, I'll be shocked if anybody other than those one of those three wins it. Maybe Gunite has finally uh, gotten a, the best of of Elite Power. Gunite's four, Elite Power's five, uh, but you know they've had some some battles. So I think it's a a great race, just not a great chance to hit for a big score. But unless you've you're live to these, and you've hit some long shots earlier in a multi-race bet. So, uh, Speedboat Beach over Gunite and Elite Power for me. All right, Jim, let's do the uh, pick four. We're going to do the one that ends with the classic. So, it'll start in race six, the Breeders' Cup mile. How'd you do your ticket? Spent $120. I couldn't find anything close to a single in this four-race sequence. And, you know, it's Breeders' Cup. She needs to a little bit more. Um, I went to 6, 10, 11, 14 in the mile with Maj being uh, uh, a second, I, I'm master of the seas is my top pick, but Maj is my second pick. So 6, 10, 11, 14. And then going deep in the distaff with 3, 4, 5, 6, 11. Then 5, 8, 9 in the turf race. Uh, the rest will then be my top choice. And then 4 deep in the Breeders' Cup Classic with 3, 6, 8, and 12. Guarda Barrio being my top pick. All right, I'm going to go with uh, a pricey ticket as well, more than I would uh, normally play. But as you said, it's Breeders' Cup Day, so I'll do what I did uh, in our Friday podcast and give out the horses that I like in the order of preference so that if uh, folks want to cut one out or two out along the way to save some money, they can uh, elect to do that. So going to be a $105 ticket if my math is correct. And I'll go 3 11 6 10, 2, 13, 14. So 7 in the mile, 11 and 4 in the distaff, 
11, 5, and 9 in the turf. And then in the classic 3, 12, 13, 10, and 8. I'm going to add the Japanese horse. You, uh, you talked me into that one, so I'm going to add that one and uh, go five deep in the classic, a $105 ticket for me. So it's a great uh, betting day, always is, uh, this whole weekend. And uh, wish everybody safe journeys and uh, wish that are the competitors and for all the betters, wish you good luck. And we will uh, be back next week to get into our normal routine of doing these Saturday podcasts. For Jim Goodman, I'm Tom Leach. Good luck, everybody, from the End of the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.